whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey there, friends. It's Karen Pennington here, and I am so excited that we have finally entered springtime, sort of. I live in western New York, so the fact that we've been in spring for, I don't know, eight, nine days now means that it only snowed once this week, Woo-hoo! and two of the four days when I walked to work, I could actually feel my fingers. They didn't tingle from being frozen. They didn't turn blue. It was glorious. My husband is excited even more than the weather because he gets to plant a garden. My husband is good at stuff like that. I'm excited that I get to help him. I'm going to be the grunt work because I am not good (laughs) at planting gardens. But I like some of the concepts. I like thinking about what it takes to make things grow. Maybe because I read about it so much in the Bible because the Bible was really an agrarian society so a lot of the parables and a lot of the illustrations were about raising animals or raising crops. I don't know why that took so long to say. Words usually come easy to me. But raising crops or raising animals and what that really has to do with life and I mean, really, for crops, now correct me if I'm wrong, those of you who are much better at this than I am, but really big thing about crops is the connection, making sure that you're connecting the right seeds in the right time to the right soil with the right fertilizer and the right right condition. And it's really kind of about connecting to the right things and the right people and all that. Now, connections I get. I love making people connections. I love learning about people and growing with people and being challenged by people and I always am and in real life in real world seeing people face to face I'm fairly good at it I I'm, there's always room to grow I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure my daughter and husband and people that know me could tell you ways that I could grow graciously but I'm fairly comfortable with it I'm pretty good with boundaries things like that Social media, I'm learning. (laughs) I'm being taught a lot. But, you know, as I started, you know, years ago with Facebook, 14, 15 years ago with Facebook, that was like my first. And then, you know, emails and YouTube and now all these other things. I'm learning that there are different rules depending on where you are. Just like with friends, like the way you would act around your husband, around your friends there might be a different level. You know, you don't act that way during a church service. You wouldn't just scream and cry and laugh and talk without worrying about what else somebody's saying and all that. You know, there's kind of different rules in different places, different social rules, different boundaries. You wouldn't reveal as much about yourself in one place as you would to another person. And so it's the same thing with media. Each set of social media has the rules, and I don't know them yet. (laughs) 
and, and I guess the result is sometimes I embarrass my daughter. Mostly at this point, she just laughs at me because she's a little more grown up. But I do embarrass her a little bit. Like, so I understood with Facebook, for instance, you can pretty much have unlimited friends and that's socially acceptable. Some people are a little bit more private. You set your settings. But for you to just have new friends, meet new people, join groups, things like that, just expand your network, that is perfectly fine. At LinkedIn, it's actually encouraged because you make professional connections, even if they're not people you're super familiar with. And then you... um what do you call that? When you're interacting with people, you um, network. That's it. It's called a network. You start networking and you branch out and you're wanting it to be more. And you actually get to request for people to be your friends. So I thought just like with Facebook, I imported my email and my email got my friends. And then I got to start making friend requests and, you know, kind of building up, connecting with old friends. Well, evidently, Snapchat is not like that. So the same friends that we were all friending each other on Facebook, my daughter's friends would friend me because I knew them from school or I'd friend them because it's just part of a big network. So Snapchat did something where it imported my my email and said, oh, do you want to be friends with this person? Do you want to be friends with this person? I'm like, sure, 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 sure. And like a week later, this at this point, this was a couple of years ago, my daughter comes home and goes, um, mom, you're freaking my friends at friends out. <laughs> Because evidently you don't become buddy-buddy with everybody on Snapchat because I guess it's creepy because you it's like a more intimate thing. It's people that you'd be with a lot. So it'd be like family members or close friends or people that you go over to their house for dinner or that kind of thing, I think. <laughs> I don't know. And then there's Instagram, which they suggested certain friends of mine. And so I got on. Oh, suggested friend. Okay, follow, 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 follow. Not friends, followies. I don't know the lingo. But so I followed and followed and followed and followed and followed and followed. And I'm like, oh, so I'm expanding my network because they're suggesting this person. So it must be good. And uh, they didn't know anything about me yet because I was new. <laughs> the algorithm had, didn't know me. They just were suggesting all the most popular people. So pretty soon I was friends with or I was following some sort of, I don't even remember his name, some sort of rapper that had a very, very unwholesome reputation. It's not so much about the genre, but somebody who was really known for being unwholesome. And, and the Kardashians, which I have no problem with the Kardashians, maybe not the same genre as me and Justin Bieber. And again, I no problem with any of these people, but in terms of trying to get the right followers my daughter's like mom mom for instagram you need to follow people who would be closer to what your message is because if you follow someone that has a different message or if you're following a lot of people that have a significantly different message than you and that go against your message then other people will be like oh that's the message she has. I'm not going to follow her. I, th I think I'm getting this right. I'm so sorry to my daughter if I'm not. And then now I have this new layer of, oh my goodness, I have so much to learn. Because with some of my social media, I've really started to try to branch out and connect with more people. I'm a little bit more open with who I would accept a friend request from. I, my settings 
my filters are a little bit lower in terms of who can see the things I post. So I'm getting all of these new friend requests and just from people all over the world. I, I don't feel like I'm popular about it. It's just some people will friend request everybody they don't know. One of them keeps calling, saying, hello, brother, to me. Hello, dear brother. Two or three of them, hello, dear brother, how are you? So obviously they don't even know who I am. But the ones who don't call me brother, a lot of times, it. well, I'll just be honest, it's seems to be a lot of lonely people out there that are looking for a date. So <laughs> I, and some of it is... I'm trying to figure out who do I accept, who do I don't. I I don't mind talking to somebody about God, but then you get the whole, I would like to talk to you more, may I call you, or a lot of, um, so can you just send me money? Because if you send me money, then I'll show you that I deserve the money you send me. And I like to help people. And it's not always the best idea to do it through social media because then your money's out there and you get scammed and you don't know who that person is. You really need to be able to verify an identity before you make that close of a connection. And uh, that's really the point. I'm learning as much as we want to be kind as Christians, as much as we want to love people, and we can, there are certain kinds of connections that just shouldn't be made with everyone. It's one thing to be... You know, plant-wise, I'm in this garden, you're in this garden, I see you. It's another thing to be rooted together. It's another thing to be part of the same plant or some of, part of the same network of plants. And I, I just have to tell you, these are the kind of things I get now on one of the social media. Somebody messaged me, was not a friend or whatever. I think it's one of those ones where you follow each other. And this is what I got. And I never checked the messages, but I checked and these, hello, pretty Karen. Okay, this isn't going very well. So I didn't answer back. How are you doing today? Hope fine and good. Okay, that sounds a little innocent. <laughs> then I get this. Karen, you are looking so beautiful with your magical eyeballs and your sexy smile. Mostly the settings of your teeth. So amazing. <laughs> I think that's the closest to Song of Solomon that I will ever have spoken to me. <laughs> and... I wasn't really flattered. <laughs> I was amused. And I laughed. And I laugh when I write it because I evidently have magical eyeballs. And it was super creepy, too. <laughs> you know, here's a person that I know nothing about who's trying to make an intimate connection with me. And it's just not appropriate. And I don't always deal with it well. There have been a couple people who've popped up that hi, how are you? Usually, hello, how are you? If the first thing you say, I'm like, this person, this, they have no idea who I am. And, and some of them really, like, without knowing who I am, what I look like, anything, they're just like, anything to get a date, you know? And and it's, again, creepy. And I, my thing is I always want to engage and talk sense into them. Like, how are you doing? Let's get together. I'm happily married. That's great. I'm married. Are you great? Are you happy married? Yes, I'm happily married. Marriage is worth fighting for. Okay, good. When can we talk on the phone? Can I call you? And <laughs> I've had to block so many people because I was accepting, up until today, it's stopping today, like every friend request I had. If I couldn't pronounce, some of these names were not even in English or in like the regular Arabic alphabet. 
these were names, you know, in Sanskrit or, or whatever, um, these languages that I couldn't even read. And I'm just going, click, click, click. I want to be your friend. 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 <laughs> and then I get messages like this. And <laughs> seriously, I'm st- I still haven't quite navigated when is it okay Facebook world or in the, you know, world of social media? When is it okay to be friendly? When is it okay to be a little bit more open? There are certain things. Obviously, I'm not going to go on a date with anybody but my husband. That's ridiculous. But when is it okay to even kind of engage in the conversation? When is it wise to engage in a conversation with certain people. And so I'm learning new boundaries there based on not just social media over t- altogether, but the different platforms and what's appropriate in what places in the virtual world. And it does remind me, though, there are certain connections that are not worth having. There are certain intimacies that are not worth having, and even more so, they're destructive. Uh, Proverbs talks about you know, men, any men, particularly many married men, don't buddy up too closely with a woman that you know is adulterous, with a woman that's defying boundaries and being unwholesome, with a woman who wants to tell you how horrible her husband is so that you can sympathize with her and get close to her. Don't do that. Um, anybody, don't, don't get close and buddy-buddy with somebody who is telling you to do these things that you know are taking you away from God, who would gossip. Don't engage in those conversations with gossips when they gossip. Don't, don't react, don't engage, just disengage. And sometimes that feels counterintuitive to us as Christians because we want to love and we should love and we need to love and we want to reach out and we should love and we need to reach out. But that boundary is so important where how we engage and where we engage, what conversations we have, how we have those conversations, they matter. And really, today, of all days, on Good Friday, it's just occurring to me in a new way how important our most important connection is in helping define how we interact with everyone else. How important it is to stay connected Christ. I'm reminded of John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and I remain in you and you will bear much fruit. Now some of these social media connections that I've allowed to happen, they haven't gone anywhere inappropriate of course, but they are not fruitful. They've led to a lot of, I mean, I've had to block a lot of people because they're just, some guy tried to call me from a different country this morning and I don't even understand, you know, <laughs> but they're just not fruitful. They're people trying to get things out of me. And as much as I want to branch out, I don't want to send out a rotten branch, you know, but it says, John fifteen five: if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That's a connection worth having. If we remain in Christ and Christ remains in us, as it says in James 1, we can ask for wisdom. I can ask other people for wisdom, and they can help me about the do's and don'ts of social media, which 
as a whole. I feel like I need a degree in that. I can ask God for wisdom. Do I accept this friend request or not? I can learn and listen for wisdom. But that connection, that first connection to Christ, that's what's going to keep my root straight. Because he's the vine. I'm just a branch. Even as I branch out to others, am I staying connected to the vine? And what's so great about this vine? What's so great about Jesus that makes him the right way to stay rooted? And love. John fifteen thirteen, Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. Today of all days. It's a great day to celebrate why Jesus is and should be the most important connection that we have. The most important are the vine, the root. When I was, first year I was ever a counselor at a camp. It was terrifying. <laughs> had a bunch of six-year-olds that cried at night because they missed their mommy and Second or third night, there was a thunderstorm, and they were scared. And somehow, through all of it, we got to night devotions, and I started telling them about Jesus. Now, these were some inner-city kids. Not a lot of them had been to church or really heard the gospel. And I just I talked about how Jesus loves them so much that he died for them and that he went through so much torture. And I kind of described how he was whipped and he was spit on. And I didn't get too, too graphic because they were young kids, but... Just talking about it. they loved you so much and the very people that beat him up that's the people he died for and he came back to life and I'll tell you I've never I think experienced the gospel in such a fresh sense as when I was telling these six and seven year old little girls because as I'm talking to me it's a story to hear and tell over and over and over again and then I looked into their eyes of these 12 little girls I don't think any of them were shut or even looking another way they were glued on me they're, they were like bug-eyed, glued on me, like I was telling the most fantastic thing they ever heard. And one or two of them said, he didn't really do that, did he? No way, that couldn't happen. And they were so amazed because they were like, somebody would die for me? And like, and, and even if I beat him up, he would still love me enough to do something for me like that? And it's, you know, very rarely will somebody die even for a friend, though maybe for a good friend, you know. But God demonstrated his love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. He didn't just die. It wasn't a bang, bang, you're done. He didn't just die. He suffered. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. He had his skin ripped from his flesh. He was spat on. He hung on a cross while he internally suffocated with open sores and open wounds and mocking his friends turned on him all of them his best friend denied him and he endured all the injustice knowing knowing that at any point he could have stopped it he could have called down fire from heaven he could have called the angels it was not that he did not have power to to end what was happening to him he chose he chose To live a hard life and to die the hardest death for the very people who killed him. That's love. 
It's agape love. That's definitely the kind of connection I want to define my life. Lord Jesus, today of all days, we celebrate you. And Lord, we do celebrate your resurrection because you sure did win over death. And you pulled us right into that eternal life with you, those of us who would receive. Lord, we celebrate that you were willing to die. You were willing to suffer. Not because we wanted you to suffer, but because you loved us. You loved just me. If it was just me, you loved us enough that to you, hands down, that was an investment worth making, God. Teach us how to receive that love. Teach us how to stay connected to you and in that overflow of our love that you are just feeding as the vine through the branches. May we branch out and reach others appropriately, Lord. Teach us wisdom that we may love with proper boundaries, love without bounds, but to have those boundaries that nurture the love and that keep the love and that keep us from the relationships and the things and the wrong kinds of connections that suck truth and suck love and defy Lord Jesus. We know that Satan only twists, he never creates. We want to be kept away from the twisting, Lord Jesus. Keep us above the twisting, just keep us walking in your truth, Lord Jesus. We know you can do it and we trust you and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are. And oh Lord Jesus, even in celebrating your death, we look forward to that great celebration of your resurrection. Sundays are coming. In your name, amen. Be blessed.